channeling and helping people awaken and providing guidance it's it's been great super rewarding i love what i do that's awesome kate yeah definitely from where you were in 2014 to where you are now is like night and day oh yeah oh a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and i'm still growing still you know the journey never ends that's that's the great part that's the fun part right yeah you can be a teacher and a student Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I always t- call myself. I'm the student in front of the room. You know. That's right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing my thing. Good channel. And now, and you're channeling, and I'm doing my groove channeling every. Uh, yeah, every Shamanaste. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when they channeled for me, and I I can't find the recording. Anyways, Uh-oh. I know. I remember the gist, which is important. <laughs> Well, uh, just FYI, I'm, I'm recording now for our power call, everybody. I'm not sure where everybody is. We had like 60 people sign up. I hope I've got, got the right. But we'll, we'll continue on uh, for those of you who are here and those of you who are getting the recording. Hello. Don't know where you are, but you're going to get recording. But let me make a note, Kate, that let me see if I can find that for you. Goodness, that was forever that ago, was, right? was uh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. I'll look for it. February look 20, for if that helps at all. Thank you, Burge. February 2019. Wow. That's pretty specific. Okay, cool. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And jo- I'd love to have you join uh, our monthly um, calls that we're doing. We're doing the group channeling now. Uh, so Shamanasta comes on twice a month. People ask questions and all of that. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So and to love to hear you channel too and so i know that you you're helping a lot of people honey so it's awesome yes yes yay all right so uh tonight it's all about conscious relationships though and welcome uh we have miriam i think joining now welcome miriam where are you calling from we have toronto and texas and somewhere else miriam i don't know can you hear me yes can you hear me Yes. Okay, no problem. Yes, where are you calling from? Florida. Okay, awesome. Glad you're here. Thanks. Uh, All right, and so uh, we're going to go ahead and start because this is a chocked full, like I said, we had about 60 people sign up, but we'll see. uh, I'll just keep going and uh, people will just join us as we go along. Those of you who registered will get the recording uh, in your email, so look out for that. Uh, so that you'll be able to get the recording of tonight. And since we are doing it through Zoom, a little bit later on, I'm going to show a couple of slides just for fun. I normally do virtual workshops like that, but I don't normally do my power hours like that. But tonight is, I just want to show pictures because it's about conscious relationships. And um, I hope you're going to take a lot of notes. And just to remind you all, if you've never been on my power hours, uh, I'm very experiential. And um, those of you that have been with us before, you know that. So welcome back and go ahead and get a pen and a paper because we're going to be doing some exploring. So it's not just about me yakking. Um, There's going to be uh, some exploring that you can do with your subconscious beliefs around relationships. So go ahead and get something you can write with and uh, write down on. And if you are not able to do that now, you can always go back on the recording and be able to uh, access that to do it as well when we start that process, okay? Uh, But I wanted to start out talking about relationships for just a minute about what does that mean, right? Conscious relationships, what does that mean to be conscious? And um, you can mute yourself. And then of course, when we start talking, I love participation. So I'd love for you to unmute yourself whenever it's appropriate or if you have a question, stop me, okay? Uh, but we will be uh, hopefully working with you individually um, if you choose to. So a a conscious relationship to me is meaning it's authentic, meaning that you're aware because a lot of our behaviors are, we're not aware of what we're doing. It's subconscious or it's unconscious. And with Essence of Being, which I've been doing for over 30 years now, and all of the programs we've done around the world, we have six, I've taught on six continents. I teach kids, adults, companies, all kinds of um, experiences that we offer. And so I want you to check it out, by the way, essenceofbeing.com. And you can check out the schedule of events to join us 
uh, a little further. But what I have found is that no matter where I teach and no matter what I facilitate, everybody wants the same thing. They want to know that they make a difference. They want to know that they're loved and they want to know that they're safe and that they matter. So this part about being authentic and being conscious is really understanding your subconscious to bring it to a conscious level when it comes to relationships. Okay. So authentic can mean uh, undisputed origin or a genuine experience. So just kind of think back on your relationships. Are they, are they genuine? Are you authentic with them? I have a, I have an, an acronym for you. It's called real. Are you real with your relationships? Real can stand for realizing energy accountable to love. Realizing energy accountable to love, which means real. Okay. And just so you understand that there are so many different types of relationships. There are three types that I talk about is yourself, your relationship with yourself, your relationship to others, and then relationship to your spirit or your connection. And tonight we're going to delve into relationship with others, that, that love relationship that um, maybe you find elusive, or maybe you want to enhance it, that one that you have, or maybe you don't have one and you want one, or maybe you don't want one because of past experiences. So we're going to cover all the bases, uh, but I just want to just clarify the conscious thoughts that we have around relationships or things like, Hey, I'm going to go on a dating app. You know, I'm going to go check out, go on some kind of a date, go on internet and check it out. Or maybe you want to go to counseling. Those are conscious relationships, conscious actions that you take in order to play in a relationship. Right. But there are a lot of other subconscious thoughts that are going on at the same time that you may or may not even know about. Okay. The subconscious thoughts could be something like, I'm not good enough to have one. I'm not good enough to keep one. I've been betrayed before, so I feel mistrust or I feel unwanted, or maybe there's something wrong with me. These are subconscious thoughts that we don't necessarily walk around and say that to ourselves every day, but they're there, okay? And our brain cannot distinguish between a conscious and a subconscious thought, believe it or not. The synapses in the brain actually is the same. So it cannot understand the difference between the two. So if you have 40,000 more subconscious thoughts than you do a conscious thought, which is what they've proven, by the way, in quantum physics, don't ask me how, uh, then it's really important to know what is our subconscious thoughts about this. And so this is how it works. Um, let's say that we, we accumulate this evidence all through our lives about relationships. I know you do. You have all this evidence about what a relationship is, is and what has been for you. Let's say you break up with a partner and it ends in heartbreak. Okay. And maybe you might feel mistrust or you might feel unwanted. So there's a feeling around all of that, okay, uh, that forms and it forms a belief after you have that feeling. So the belief that is formed could be that you can't trust men or you can't trust women, or maybe the belief is I'm unlovable. Or maybe it's just relationships hurt. So you get to this belief basically is embedded into your subconscious and you can end up putting up shields to protect yourself. So sometimes you might walk, walk around this wounded haze, you know, you're in this haze of being wounded and these belief systems really do inform you with everything that you do. It's embedded. It's embedded in your bed too. Ha ha. It's a joke. Okay. Because because really, when you get in bed with someone or you go into a relationship with someone, whether it's in bed or not, basically, if you're getting intimate or if you're connecting with people, your past experiences actually do play a key role. Okay, we could get scared because of our past experiences. Uh, it could block us from really experiencing that person. Maybe we project onto that person. Well, that last person did this and that. So I, I'm, I'm watching out for it because I know you're going to do it to me because it's been done before. Now, 
we may think consciously, we don't want to think that. But all of these kinds of feelings and beliefs are still playing in the background, a subconscious belief around that. So our experiences do inform us, okay? Um, I don't know if you've had a pattern before, if you can tell that maybe you've had a, a several relationships and it's the same relationship, but a different face. Because guess who's the common denominator? You are. And guess who is the only person who you can change? I know you don't want to hear this, but you can't change the other person. The only person you can really shift and change is your own thoughts and your own beliefs and you, okay? And that is what we're going to play with tonight, okay? Is going in and looking in and seeing what is your subconscious thoughts? What are they around certain types of relationships? So I want to go ahead and do that. Okay, so that you can bring this up to a conscious level. So welcome all of you who have just joined us. You'll get the recording so that you can catch us up, catch back up with all of this. And I see our coach Evie Rose is on. Excellent. I'll introduce her in a little bit so that you'll get familiar with her. But the thing about projecting is that oftentimes we project our expectations, don't we, on other people, on a relationship. You're supposed to do this. And if you don't do this, then what? You feel bad. You feel uh, not valued. You feel like this isn't working or you feel like it could be more. There should be something, should be something better. Okay. And oftentimes if you're not conscious, because tonight's all about conscious relationships, meaning you're not aware you could slip down into that blaming, shaming, making excuses, going below the line is what I call it, uh, and start blaming it, your relationship or shaming yourself. Oh, I should have known better. Okay. Or maybe you uh, just make excuses, but nothing changes. So the only way to shift and elevate a relationship is for you to get clear and be conscious about what it is that's blocking you, perhaps, from really being the authentic, genuine self that you are and really seeing that other person with maybe a fresh pair of eyes, okay, or not projecting onto them from past experiences, all right? And you take 100% responsibility of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. So this is not about taking responsibility for them. You're taking responsibility for you and how you think and how you believe and what your actions are, because you can change those. All right. So uh, and we go into this a lot in essence of being. So you'll definitely um, those of you who are coming to that or definitely your graduates. You understand what I mean. So what I want you to do is let's go ahead and play in your subconscious for a minute. OK, <laughs> so get a pen and paper out if you can. And uh, we want to do stream of consciousness writing. And what that means is you're just going to finish the sentence. I'm going to say a sentence. And I want you to write down the first thing that comes up. Don't, don't think about it. Don't edit it. Don't try to figure it out. And again, if you can't do this right now, certainly come back and do that so you can get some clarity, perhaps, about what, what is your subconscious belief and how is that running you in all your relationships, okay? so. Uh, let's go ahead and do, there are going to be six statements. And I want you just to write down the first thing that comes up with each one. Okay, ready? All right. And this is where you're going to get to play and unmute yourself a little bit to share if you choose to, okay, what came up for you. So, all right. Number one, in a love relationship, women are supposed to, what? In a love relationship. Women are supposed to write down the first thing. All right. And just finish up on the one you're on. It doesn't have to be a long answer, okay? First thing that comes up. The second one. In a love relationship, Men are supposed to what? 
in a love relationship, men are supposed to write down the first thing that comes up. And number three, what I learned from my mom or female caregiver, if you didn't, weren't raised by a mom, what I learned from my mom about relationships is write down the first thing you can think of. whatever female was around you when you were younger, what'd you learn? And we learn these by watching behaviors and seeing our role model about what is it, what's it look like? Okay. Number four, what I learned from my dad or male caregiver, if you had one, what I learned from my dad about relationships is what? And if you don't know, just make it up. Okay, two more. We're doing stream of consciousness writing for those of you who just joined us. So you write down the first things that come up or digging around in your subconscious about relationships. Number five, what I'm afraid of in relationships is what I'm afraid of in relationships is what? First thing that comes up. And number six, the last one, what I choose in a relationship is, what I choose in a relationship is, we don't want to say want, we want to say choose. What I choose in a relationship is what? What do you want? What do you want? What do you choose? So you can finish up on those questions or those statements. And just so you know, a lot of us have these patterns that we have modeled for us when we're younger, because all of our beliefs are formed, by the way, most of them before age seven, right? So um, some of these patterns could have evolved from what you learned when you were little. Um, maybe you were around divorce. Maybe your parents were divorced. Maybe it was a single parent. Uh, maybe you had neglect or abuse or secrets or mistrust. Maybe you didn't have any kind of, maybe your parents just went into the bedroom and never touched each other in front of you. I don't know. But all of these things that you were raised with, not just your parents, but men and women, when you were younger, you get to look at and you make these decisions about what your life is. What is my relationship supposed to look like? You learn it from a lot of different sources, but typically it's from the first place you learn it from is, are your caregivers that you were raised with, your parents, okay? Okay. 
So, and who wants to share something about it? Does anybody want to share anything about it, about what women are supposed to, what men are supposed to, what you learn from your mom, what you learn from your dad, what you're afraid of in a relationship or what you choose to have in a relationship? I can share. Okay, great. <clears throat> so for the question number one, in a love relationship with a woman, are supposed to be, I said, honor his husband, her husband. Okay. Honor. For, for the men, uh, men are supposed to love wife unconditionally. Love wife unconditionally. Okay. What I learned from my mom is to be protective. Okay. Uh, what I learned from my dad is to be respectful. Okay. What I'm afraid in a relationship is to be used. All right. And what I choose in a relationship is love, peace, and acknowledgement. Ah, love it. Okay. So honor, loving unconditionally. Okay. And what you learned from your mom is protective, uh, but you learned respect from your dad. So one of your greatest fears, you said, is to be used. That's why you have to protect, right? So that you learn that perhaps from your mom, that you have to be protective. Maybe it's protective. When you mean protective, you mean, tell me more about that. Um, to make sure that everybody's comfortable, make sure that nobody gets hurt, that kind of protection. Okay, great. Okay. And so how is that feeling of feeling afraid that you're going to be used? How is that working for you in your life, in your relationships now as an adult? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> because like I, <clears throat> well, in my job, I think that um, I, I don't, I trust everybody, but if somebody takes advantage of my services or tries to fool me, that's when everything comes down to me. Like, well, like, why am I doing all this effort to help you when you're lying to me and doing all that? Um, and that's like job. In my personal relationships, everything's doing, you know, well. Um <clears throat> Okay. And you want to be acknowledged as well. So that's something that yeah. you really want to have. And um, so this feeling that men are, are you're married? Are you married? Yes. To a man? Just kidding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> never, I don't know. I recently got married eight months ago. Great. So loving your wife unconditionally. So here's the thing about the expectation, right? So you have yeah. this expectation that, that he is supposed to love you unconditionally. And if he shows any type of non uh, condition, in other words, if he, if he has some type of behavior or something that is uh, not what you expect, then there's an opportunity for you to uh, be able to either be upset with him or internalize it yourself and not feel respected um, and not feel acknowledged and not loved. Would you agree? Yes, very much. Yeah. And so what happens is when we set ourselves up with those types of X, and this is something that we all do. We just don't know we're doing it because it's unconscious and it's subconscious. Okay. So when we're putting an expectation on something, you need to love me unconditionally. And we're not doing, we're not shaking our finger at the person, but energetically, we're saying you better love me unconditionally because that's what men are supposed to do. Right. And um, the thing about that is when you project something, a belief onto another person, what you're saying to that other person is, if, you know, this, you, you have to fill me up. You have to fill up my void. If you don't do that, like I'm expecting you to do, then I'm going to feel disappointed and upset. And there could be some kind of um, a challenge. All right. And so this is typical. We uh, Most of us do this. We project onto each other from our expectations of what we were raised with. And because you're newlyweds, right, there's a whole nother essence to that newlywed time. And we call it, you know, being uh, in the honeymoon stage. 
So that's great. <laughs> so what you're doing is you're making yourself aware of some of these thoughts that might be coming up a little bit later that you might have. Does, is that true? Yeah. Um, right, right now, everything's good. That, but what you said about the expectations, I think that nailed it, definitely. <clears throat> so yeah. uh, what to do not to have an expectation. Okay, right. Well, glad you asked, because I'm going to give so whatever you thank you for playing with me, Priscilla and sharing because it helps other people understand too, because you can get deeper. There's a whole, uh, I have a class called Essence of Relationships that gets deeper into this, but thank you for sharing that because a lot of people have these types of expectations. And so let me give you perhaps another way of looking at how to have a conscious relationship and what to do about those expectations, okay? I'm going to share my screen. For those of you who are on the screen, you'll be able to see it. Uh, those of you who are on the phone, I don't know if you'll be able to see it or not, but in the recording, you will be able to. Um, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, let's see. Okay. So what I'm going to, this concept I want to call orbiting in love as opposed to falling in love. So I'm, how many of you have ever fallen in love? Probably most of us, right? So what happens when you fall in love, you fall. There's a stop. There's gravity. It stops. Orbiting in love is a way of being in a relationship, perhaps in a whole nother way, without the expectations necessarily, or asking that other person to fill your void or fill that need that you might have to be loved. So it looks like this. If you can see my screen, there's you and then there's another person that comes in and that's them. Okay. And there's a place in that orbit. In other words, uh, that one person say it's me that I'm whole and complete. I'm a whole and complete person. And then I attract to me another person who's whole and complete within themselves. And they come to me because I am vibrating, meaning I, my energy is whole and complete and I'm attracting like people. So if I'm, if I'm vibrating like I'm needy, I'm going to attract perhaps another needy person, or I'm going to attract somebody who uh, does not like needy people, okay, uh, so that I can get to look at my own um, belief system. So this is why when I get into a conscious relationship, it's, it's, it's not for, the, it's not for the, the weary, okay, I mean, it's definitely... Uh, something it's a high vibrational way of being in a relationship is to really be able to look at your own patterns and your own thoughts about why did I attract this person in my life so this orbiting in love part if you can see the screen there's me and then there's this person and we come together and it creates something even bigger than we are by ourselves it creates the love that's bigger. So we expand instead of contract. So instead of becoming one person, and I know that you've heard this before, probably my other half, my better half. Well, what does that make you a half person? That's why people get so devastated when there's a breakup or something, because they feel like they have lost part of themselves because that was their identity. I'm this person with this person. So orbiting in love means instead of falling into connecting on a place where you're needing each other to make you feel loved, okay, you're saying to that other person, please love me, please love me so that I know that I'm lovable. Now, you're not doing this consciously. This could be energetically and subconsciously. That's what you're saying to that other person, love me enough. Show me you love me so that I will love myself. But see, if you come into a relationship already loving yourself and already feeling loved and whole and complete, you're not going to ask that of that other person. They're, they, you see, they'll try. And we try to do this for each other. And that's that honeymoon stage where we try, we try to, fill up that other person's void or we try to do to love them enough okay 
And then after a while, it could get really exhausting and really tiring because we have our own voids to fill up. Okay. So what ends up happening, if you can look at coming into a conscious relationship is all about loving yourself enough so that you're not asking another person to love you so that you feel lovable. Because what can happen is that expansion, when I come together with my husband, if he leaves, I'll be sad, I'll be upset. I mean, I'll miss him, but I'm not going to lose me. I'm not going to lose who I am. And together, we create something bigger than we can by ourselves. And that's the synergy. You see, and if you see the screen, it talks about synergy, which is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, which means one plus one equals three. There's me, and there's you, and together it makes a whole other energy. It makes us. And the us part is expanded. So you never really, really lose who you are. And when you come together with another person, you're not saying to them, hey, I expect you to love me unconditionally because if you don't, that means I'm not loved. And again, we're not saying this consciously. This is just a, a concept to look at, wow, I'm attracting the same people over and over again for me to look at why I keep creating the same kind of behavior or the same kind of pattern in a relationship. Because guess what? You might as well say in a conscious relationship, my husband and I decided, we said, okay, we're going to come together and we're going to work on our own stuff. Okay. And you're going to bring up things for me to look at. You are. And I'm going to bring up things for you to look at. Now you have two choices. You can either look at it and shift it and bring it to a conscious level and work through it together. Or you can blame me and shame yourself and make excuses and next, and it'll never change. So you can either work on it or not. Because for me, that's what relationships is a gift. It's a huge gift. And I've always said, look, if you want to learn about yourself, you can do two things. Either get into a relationship or have a kid because they'll bring up everything about things that you don't like about yourself greater than anything. <laughs> right? Having a kid or having a relationship will bring up everything unlike love <laughs> for the purpose of healing it, for the purpose of shifting it. And in order for that to happen, you have to be conscious about it. You have to allow yourself to really look at, wow, I'm really good. This brought this up for me, for me to really shift it. It can be a gift. And of course, at the time when you have expectations about certain, you know, a person's got to be a certain way and they don't live up to that, you can definitely look at them and say, well, they didn't live up to that. Well, the question might be, what in me is my need? that I'm expecting that other person to fill. Because when there's a lot of love present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing it, if you choose to. And the other thing I want to share with you about relationships is we attack what does not satisfy us in order to avoid seeing going to this thing whatever that is maybe go hello i can hear you whoever you are i can hear you talking thank you if you don't mind uh, muting okay so the thing i was saying is a lot of times we will attack other people we'll attack them if they don't satisfy us okay in order to avoid seeing that we perhaps created it because we are the common denominator of all of our relationships that we've had. And we are the ones that, can, that we can change, okay? So it's a whole other concept about orbiting in love instead of falling in love. And I would invite you all to come back and look at the recording again, because this is a very, um, very, high, very high vibrational way of looking at relationships. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be connected to another person and you, 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 you create 
a connection that's so powerful. The part about this that I want you to understand is that you don't have to lose who you are in that. You can expand who you are by bringing other people into your life. And that's that synergy, the one plus one equals three. Okay. Does anybody have any questions about that part before I go to the next thing? And you can unmute yourself or anything you want to share about that or questions. And in the essence of being, we go into this quite a bit about how to have a conscious relationship in this way and how to allow yourself to really look at all of your patterns of what you're bringing to a relationship and how you can shift it. Okay, any questions or thoughts? No, yes, no. I have one question. Hi. Sure, sure, hi. <laughs> hi, Birch. Um, my question was like, what about people who attract narcissists? Like. <laughs> you know, like you just said, I keep attracting the same person. But if you're putting out a good energy, you attract the same. How does that work? I'm sorry. So, thank you. Thank you for that question. And it doesn't mean so because of uh, those of you who understand law of attraction or have heard of that, it's it's basically what we vibrate, what kind of energy we put out, we attract back to us. Now, that can be like attracts like, or it can also be what we call a dovetail pattern, meaning Let's say that um, it doesn't mean that you're a narcissist if you attract a narcissist, okay? But you could have a perfect matching pattern. Perhaps your mom or your dad was a narcissist, okay? Or perhaps um, you have felt uh, unacknowledged and left out and not important. And if you attract a narcissist to you, right? Then you get to look at all the times that they may not be. Uh, taking care of you or looking at you or acknowledging you or uh, including you. And then you can go back to that feeling place of I'm unwanted or there's something wrong with me or I'm less than. Can you see how that would play out? Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's awesome. Woo. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, what I mean so. is we attract people to us that we could be learning something from about ourselves. It doesn't mean necessarily that if, again, it's not like attracts, you're not exactly, it could be a totally opposite, but what it does is it brings up something for us to learn and we attract people to us to learn about ourselves. If we choose, if we choose to look at it that way, or we can just kick him to the curb and go to the next one. And lo and behold, you know, Seemingly, there's a lot of similar things <laughs> that happen because we are the common denominator. So great question. Great question. And so let me go to the next part of this very quickly about there are two types of relationships that you can have in a conscious. So here, here are the types that typically happen. This is uh, from one of our Essence of Being graduates. Um, um, had a brain fart. Uh, Melody Brooke, yes, and she talks about the cycle of egocentrism, and what this means is that sometimes we play these roles in a relationship. Our ego gets in the way, and what I mean by that is sometimes we can be a rescuer, a self-protector, or a victim, and if you can see the screen, you can kind of see it up here as this triangle that happens, and you can be a self-protector or a victim or rescuer and a lot of different types of relationships and you can kind of rotate around. And just to identify, I want you to identify where you think in this cycle that you may show up uh, in relationships, okay, more so than not, all right? Just to give you an idea, um, the victim struggles to figure out how to survive and sees no way out. We're stuck with the feelings of being helpless, despair, shame, fear, and hopelessness. And the victim position is one of intense self-hatred, full of guilt, shame, and self-criticism, and is afraid to take action. So that typically can explain playing that victim role in a relationship, okay? Helpless and dependent. Now, a self-protector in a relationship must avoid being a victim by gaining power over the situation through one of two methods. 
okay? You can either be a self-protector by um, attacking, belittling, or intimidating. You think of a blowfish, you know, you, you puff up and go, I'm gonna, you know, they, they are, they're like blowfish, right? They're self-protecting themselves by intimidating you, okay? Or maybe that's you doing that to someone else. That's one way to be a self-protector. Another way of being a self-protector is to withdraw and to isolate. We physically or emotionally just shut everybody out. We shut others out of our world to keep others from getting close enough so they don't hurt us. Okay, so that is a self-protector in a relationship. The rescuer needs to feel powerful and in control. So we usually take care of everybody else in a relationship. We use caretaking as a sense of control and power because underneath we feel small and ashamed of who we are. So we strive others. We don't want people to see that. We don't want anybody to see who we think we are, okay? So we do this by being the good guy. Let me help you. Here I come to save the day. I'm the rescuer. Okay, they rescue so that they feel that they're doing good work and that nobody will find out, okay, who they really are. And so they rescue people and they don't let them actually fall. And this is true about children too. You can have this, this kind of a, of a relationship in this cycle here. So just kind of notice, where do you show up on this cycle of egocentrism? Are you more a rescuer or more of a self-protector or more of a victim? And again, in our essence of relationships, we go into this very deeply. I'm just scratching the surface here, okay? Can you identify perhaps who you're in? Maybe you have a relationship now or you've had a relationship, okay? And you can see where you showed up. And in the middle of all of that is pain in that cycle. So let's shift out of that and go to something that you might want, which is the cycle of compassion, okay? And that's where we shift out of, and how to do that, of course, is becoming more conscious. So here's the cycle of compassion, and look and see how these triangle points have changed, okay? The owner, the victim has now turned to ownership. Ownership means it's acknowledging our own power and our own position and our own impact. So become basically taking ownership, taking responsibility for who we are, okay, instead of becoming the victim. That's what replaces being a victim. And now you're in that cycle of compassion for yourself and others. Empathy takes the place of self-protection. So empathy, if you have empathy in a relationship, it's when you communicate an understanding of the other person's experience, okay? Because maybe we've experienced similar things. You can say something like, um, I know you must be frightened. It can be scary to get in trouble. I can only imagine you wouldn't trust me. I know I didn't trust authority when I was young either. Or I can understand why you don't trust me because of your past relationships. That's having empathy. And being able to empathize with another person is a very high level and a conscious way of being in a relationship. Okay. And then the respect turns in from rescue to respect. So respect is recognizing a person's autonomy and authority in their own lives, doing things taking over their responsibilities that belong to them is not respectful to them. So giving people the information they need to be able to achieve their goals and honoring their ability to do it is respectful. Doing it for them is not respectful to their own person's self-respect. In other words, if you try to take their respect away from them, okay, then they're going to resent you. They may like it that you're handling things for them, but eventually they're going to resent you. Because respect is extremely important that you not rescue someone from their own life. Now, I'm not talking about if somebody's in need 
and you need to rescue them from, you know, they're in danger. This is an emotional type of relationship cycle I'm talking about. Okay. Cycle of compassion. All right. Does everybody understand those or you have questions about that? And believe me, I, you know, I, I spend a whole three hours on that in our relationships class and essence of being, we do some as well. So I just want to kind of give you an overview of perhaps how to have a more conscious relationship from a, an egocentric place to a compassionate place. So let me give you a couple of tools and then I want to introduce Evie Rose, um, who is one of our um, brilliant coaches here as well. Um, but I want to give you some tools that you can practice, okay? Because our power hours are very, uh, I love to give you an experience, some information, and then, of course, uh, give you a challenge or give you some tools that you can work with. So in order to continue to have conscious relationships, you can do mirroring. That's a great relation, a great um, tool to use. And mirroring can be like somebody says something. And I have a whole class on communication, by the way. Somebody says something and you say, what I heard you say was, so that there's no misunderstanding about what was said. So you can say that to each other in a relationship. What I heard you say was, you aren't going to get the groceries today. Instead of feeling like, oh, they're not going to help me out today. And take it personal. So you want to be clear that you're hearing what they actually are saying and not projecting your own filter behind it. So that you, so they feel heard and you feel heard. Okay. That's called mirroring. Another thing you can do, um, other than, of course, having empathy and respecting and taking ownership, is you can practice the law of appreciation with a relationship. But what I mean by that is find one thing about that person that you really can appreciate. Let's say you're having an off day and you don't, you just are really pissed or you just don't want to have anything to do with that person. <laughs> or maybe when you think of them, you think of all the things, how they wronged you. Okay. So what you can do is think of just one thing that you appreciate about them. And when you think about them, you think about that, that appreciation of what you're grateful for. It could be simple as they get me a cup of coffee in the morning. Okay. It doesn't have to be this major thing. What that does is when you really focus on appreciating another person what that does is it elevates you and it raises your vibration to being appreciated it raises your vibration up to feeling gratitude so that you're vibrating and you're feeling grateful and you're feeling appreciative and guess what that's what's going to come back to you it may come back from that person that'd be great but it may not it may come from other people, but the point is you are raising your own vibration so that you can feel appreciated and feel great gratitude. And it also is a whole different feeling. Try it and really just play with this on uh, the next couple of weeks. Really practice gratitude and appreciation for someone and see what happens. How does that raise your level of feeling appreciated? or feeling that people are grateful for you, okay? Because you're vibrating that. So that's a really great technique to, to use as well uh, when you're building conscious relationships. And the last one I wanna share, the last tools, for me, the truth is when you're, when you're communicating to someone and maybe you're afraid to tell your truth, maybe you're afraid that you're gonna hurt their feelings, or maybe you're afraid uh, that they're gonna get upset or whatever it is, um, you always can start that communication with, for me, the truth is I'm hurt. So they can, let's say you get into arguments a lot. They can't argue. They cannot argue that that's not true. If you preface everything by saying, for me, the truth is, okay, they may disagree with you and not want to hear it. 
but they cannot argue with you that that's not your truth. And that is a cool practice to really get into saying, for me, the truth is this, for me, the truth is that. And it also allows them the opportunity to say, well, for me, the truth is I'm hurt. And always use I words. Don't, you know, my suggestion would not, would be to say, uh, you hurt me, you hurt my feelings. You can say, I am hurt because of what you said. But anytime you say I, that is really taking more ownership. I feel, I think, I know. Okay. So those are three great tools that I gave you that you can use for building up more of your conscious relationships. Okay. So hopefully that worked and uh, you're able to use those and practice with those to staying in that cycle of compassion a little more by having more empathy, respect for that other person and to take ownership of your own stuff, okay? And that will start shifting the patterns for you and your relationship that you currently have or one that you can create and attract. And again, conscious relationships, you're not just you know walking around in a haze. I mean, it, it is a practice and it's really becoming aware of how you think, feel, and behave, okay? And so thinking, um, we are going to uh, really invite you all to come to Essence of Being March 4th through the 6th, which is going to be in Texas, first time in Texas. Some of you are coming to that, yay. Um, and it's the first time we've ever been there in Texas. So uh, join us. If you can go to essenceofbeing.com, essenceofbeing.com, and just look at the schedule of events, and it'll tell you all the things we have coming up that you can choose. And you can also, if you're really more, you want to dive into relationships more, there's an actual online course called the Essence of Relationships that you can look at, okay? And look at more courses on the Essence of Being page. And it's a self, it's, you, you can really go through that. <laughs> there's nine different lessons of videos and audios and all kinds of uh, worksheets and play sheets that you can go through to really play and play in that realm of having conscious relationships, okay? Uh, now, uh, without further ado, I wanna, Edie, can you turn on your video or no? There she is. There's Evie Rose. And she's muted, say hey. She's still muted. Well, let me explain who she is, but while she's trying to get her mute off. Uh, but Evie, Evie Rose, um, she's a certified equine gestalt practitioner, a brain spotting practitioner, She's an Essence of Being facilitator and one of our coaches for Essence of Being. And she's an international speaker and an Awakening Giant TV series that we did together. And for 18 years, she's been with Essence of Being uh, as the logistics coordinator and working with people, helping them move through their traumatic experiences and finding their true authentic self. And uh, she's a very good friend. She's currently seeing private clients. She does private coaching client. She does four retreats a year. I uh, highly encourage you to seek her out. Um, she does a lot of guided personal journeys of transformation that's very aligned, of course, with Essence of Being and all the things that we do. And I just wanted to bring her on because um, I wanted you to hear her voice and see who she is because we're going to be offering something to all of the people that are on this call or they're getting the um, recording that aren't on the call, but, but uh, she's going to get about 60 <laughs> Um, that she's going to be able to do a 30-minute strategy free session with you guys. So just say something to Evie. Say, hey. Hello, everyone. I, I might have been muted when I said hey earlier. You were. So Evie's going to be, um, she again, she's one of, she's she's been around the block a lot and she really can support us with your relationships and having conscious relationships. Is there anything else that you want to say about what you do or? Well, um, I work with the horses. So I, I had my horses help with uh, my clients um, and my retreats. I have them at the beach and in the mountains. So it's kind of unique and it's different it's not like a workshop setting but it's more of a where you get pampered but we also do some 
deep dives also. So it's fun. Yep. And she does deep dives with you um, coaching as well. And so, like I said, she's going to be offering some strategy sessions for all of you um, coming up in the next, just keep watching your emails. And I look forward to hearing how she, you know, how she can support you <laughs> in what's next. And certainly come play with us at Essence of Being. Check out Evie on her, uh, what's your website that you want them to go to? It's Voices from the Scars. Awesome. And just because uh, she, she deals with a lot of trauma and abuse, it's not about necessarily, you don't have to be uh, in an abusive situation in order to get the benefit of what she has to offer. So uh, some people hear trauma and they think it's got to yeah. be like a major car wreck or sexual or physical abuse. But I mean, somebody telling you that, you know, you're not good enough is pretty abusive, you know, in its own right. So it's it's all different um, levels of, of trauma that I work with. And uh, yeah, she's had a yeah, she's had a lot of experience um, and she's always <laughs> with us with Essence of Being and all the things that we do and she's done really well. Uh, I've, so only, I just, I've only worked, sorry, Burge, I've only missed one Essence of Being, well, one of her, of Burge's um, workshops since I've been in the whole program since 99 because they were so profound for me. I mean, I knew that uh, when I went in, I was with a, an abusive husband. And so I knew there was something there for me, but I just wasn't there yet. And I just kept coming and kept coming. And so I've been actually with her for 22 years, but I've done logistics for 18. But um, yeah, so it's once you get in there, it's just such a connection with all the people there. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. Thank you, honey. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm just, it's uh, I'm just honored to have you blossom into really supporting other people and really going for it. And so I honor you for that. So it's, it's really exciting to see. Um, so everybody check out essenceofbeing.com. If you want to find out more about the relationships, you can look at the essence of relationships, the online course, definitely check us out for EOB come in March uh, for that. Our next power hour, it's always the third Wednesday of every month. I've been doing it since 2014. Uh, and the next one we're going to be doing is March 16th. And it's called The Power of Words, How to Create Hate or Hope. Uh, the Power of Our Words, How to Create Hate or Hope. So I hope that you'll be able to hope that you'll be able to join us for that one. And it's always the third Wednesday of every month. Okay. So does anybody want to share anything else before we go? Our hour is up. And I think we I threw, I flew by all of those things, but hopefully you got something out of it. And if you would like to talk to either one of us, uh, you'll be getting our emails and all of that, okay? So that we can help you. Anybody have anything else they want to say or share? No, I just want to say thanks, Burge. That was wonderful as always. So good to see you. You too, Kate. Um, Thank, you. I have, Thank you. I have a question, Bert. Um, sure. You know, one of the thanks for those tools, those three tools are really wonderful. You said what, um, what I heard you say was, right? Right. Um, when, when, so you don't say that after every single thing a person says, when is the right time to say that? Like if you're in an argument and go, wait a minute, let's stop here. What I heard you say was, or is it just like it's every word really, you say? Well, no, it's really, no, it can get crazy. It's really helpful when there's an argument and or if there's confusion. And if, if you feel yourself getting to the point where it's sort of like you're feeling it in your tummy and you're going, uh, this is not feeling good. Yeah. Um, you can stop. It's called a pattern interrupt. There's a lot of other, um, a lot of other things you can do. A lot of other tools I have around that, that. but that's one tool that you can use. If it's feeling like you're going to get into an argument, you can stop and just say, okay, hold on. Let's take a breath. Let me just understand what you just said. What I heard you say is this, is that what you said? And they can say yes or no, because we filter and project what we think that person said. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. So if they say something and you go, okay, stop, let's take a breath. What I heard you say was, uh, you hate me. <laughs> is that what you said? And they right. can say, no, that's not what I said. What I, so you have them repeat it. 
So what that does is it allows them to feel heard. Mm. And it also uh, alleviates any kind of filter or confusion that you might have put on it. Because I, I do a lot of private coaching with relationships with, and it's, it's amazing to hear that they could be talking and I hear it very clearly, but they totally don't hear each other. They're not listening. They're not at all. Projecting, yeah. Right. So it's a great way to you to, to start that process of um, utilizing some type of uh, pattern interrupt. Yeah. Well, Kylie has a question. Oh, okay. And <laughs> hi, Del. Uh, I invited Del to, um, but he actually, uh, Burge and, uh, I don't what you, you, you went Oh, out. sorry. Uh, Del told me about you and I literally dove into your content. Like I was having a really rough, uh, time two weeks ago, getting myself out of a hole, but I'm good now. But he told me that he went to an event of yours a while ago and that you like wrapped someone like in like a, like a carpet or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I totally need that because of some childhood stuff. And like, that'd be so amazing. But my only concern is I had, and I know this is a story, but, um, I've suffered from asthma since I was about seven years old. And so sometimes like when I'm like laying on my back, like even like when I'm like, just like by myself, it's like, I'll have to get up and like reposition myself and kind of like hunch over so I can actually get a breath. So I would, I'm not saying you would do that at this upcoming event, but I'm afraid that I would actually, you know, like suffocate. Yeah, no, just let me, let me, so let me just preface all of this by saying. Clear it up for me. <laughs> yes, that essence of being, uh, there's, it's, it's never the same. And we don't always do the same thing every time because it really is what people bring to the experience and what they might need at that moment uh, for any kind of breakthrough. Uh, we will utilize, and we've never wrapped people up in a carpet. It may have seemed like it was that but that is just okay. uh, every no um but sometimes we do so what you meant was it wasn't a carpet yeah, it was it was that blanket that kind of is okay we had a blanket and it's antique and it has little um it's that weird blanket that's I don't even know how to explain it but it's yeah. got like it looks like garbage but it's a blanket but it's just antique and just, okay. yeah, just so you know, we don't, oh, that is something, it's not something we always do. We may do that once in a blue moon, depending on what is going on with that particular person. Um, so every time we do it, it's different. And we just listen yeah. to what source, universe, God tells, you know, just whatever that person might need. If they're choosing to have a breakthrough, they can do it that way. If not, then that's, it's totally by choice. Everything is by choice. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. Cause I was like, that is so brilliant and sounds so helpful. And I was like, but would my asthma permit that? Yeah, no, there's a lot of other things that we can do if you're wanting to have uh, a cellular shift and breakthrough. And some people have it just by writing. Some people have it just by meditating. Some people have it through really these uh, visceral processes that we can do, but we're not afraid to go where anybody wants to go. To I love it. But yeah. the, when I went there too, you had also did this wonderful, all, all the techniques were just, awesome. it was just so amazing, but um, it took a while for all of us to have to tell the truth in some sort of way. And everyone had to read to see if it was authentic or not. Uh, and we were there for hours. This was in Miami. I don't know if you remember that Miami back in probably 2000. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I used to go by star back then, but um, oh my God, that was, that was just like, I remember being there for hours because Kylie, it's just like this, you just have to reach a, a certain level of authenticity and people can feel it. And when you're not ready, they ain't gonna let you slide. I mean, <laughs> you, oh, I was just like, oh, well, that God. what he's talking about, Kylie <clears throat> and Priscilla, I think you're still on is it's the blocks game and Priscilla will be sharing. She'll be able to experience that. We play a game. A lot of the essence <sighs> of being things we do, we play games and uh, for people to um, really discover things for themselves because the subconscious comes out in games a lot of times right and so they they discover things and this is called the blocks game and it's something that's a very powerful uh experience and dale i invite you to come back and play on the other side so you can play it from that other side of it and we're going to be doing it again and like i said in texas march 4th through the 6th and we'll have one in atlanta again and in florida uh, at some point in september i'm hoping we're still working that out, but I, I'm landing, I've taught on six continents. So right now I'm just That's great. To, 
Well, I want I want to I want to gift her that one for March coming up. But I also I would definitely participate in the ones when it comes to Florida. So let's talk, Kylie, Kylie and Dale, let's talk. Okay. So that we can, um, so email me Burge at essenceofbeing.com. It's B-U-R-G-E at essenceofbeing.com. And let's talk about that. So how we can get her there and talk about you. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Burge. All right, honey. Much love. I look forward to playing with you. And you're muted. She's muted. Oh, I said, thank you so much. You're such a legend. I'm so excited to meet you. And ah, I'm not that old. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to be old to be a legend. He's an I icon. You're an icon. You're not a legend yet. <laughs> you're still alive. All right. Okay. I'm still alive. <laughs> all right, dear. Well, thank you. I'm going to stop the recording now. <laughs> okay. For all the, for all bye, Evie, and bye, Patricia.